0: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: James Harden was in China and had to get it off his chest. This is Greenie on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. I'm Emmett Golden alongside Chris Canty, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. James Harden was at an Adidas press event in China, and he put it on wax saying Daryl Morey is a liar.
2: Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will never be a part of the organization. That he's a martyr. Let me say it again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of the organization. That he's a martyr.
1: Time for us to bring in Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. You can hear Tim and Brian Winhurst and Tim McMahon on the Hoops Collective podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tim, let's just start with why does James Harden feel like Daryl Morey is a liar?
3: I mean, this all goes back to. James Harden opting into his contract and not getting the kind of long-term deal that he expected to get this summer from the Philadelphia 76ers. Now question that I would have, and I will probably be asking James Harden in six or seven weeks from training camp starts, assuming he's there is why did he choose to opt into his contract? Right. Um, because if he'd opted out of his deal and the Sixers were sitting there with no choice but to pay him and have him on the roster, I think he probably would have gotten a pretty sizable contract in free. See, maybe something in the ballpark of what Kyrie Irving did, just three years and a little over $120 million. Um, but by opting in, Harden can't extend off that deal. He basically handed control of the situation over to the Sixers. And, you know, now we're in the situation where there aren't, Teams lined up around the block to trade for him, and he doesn't want to be in Philly, and Philly doesn't want to trade him for less than what they think he's worth because they're trying to win this year with Joel Embiid, and so we're in this stalemate where, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski reported on Saturday, I believe, uh, Friday or Saturday, that James Harden was not going to be um, was not going to be traded by the Sixers and that they didn't have anything that made sense for them to do a deal. And now you see James Harden respond from this promotional tour in China that, you know, he doesn't want to play for Daryl Morey, he doesn't want to be there, and, you know, we'll see where the story goes from here. But that that's what this all goes back to, is is this situation with the contract uh, this off season, And, you know, on the heels of James taking a discount last summer to allow the Sixers to sign P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, and that's you know that's where we stand now and we'll see where this goes between now and training camp and beyond
4: tim i guess my question is what is harding hoping to accomplish with this because it's clear that the the Sixers are aren't going to trade him so i I just i just don't understand what he's hoping to accomplish by saying this we've already seen based on what the marketplace was pre-free agency that that he wasn't going to get the money and or years that he was looking for so what is there to be gained by making these comments now?
3: Well, Kenny, you're looking at this from a logical perspective, <laughs> right? And that's, uh, that's the thing. I mean, look, I, I mean, I think in all seriousness, I, we have seen James Harden do this before, right? He decided he wanted to be traded from the Rockets. It got pretty ugly. He decided he wanted to be traded from the Nets. It got pretty ugly. He's decided he wants to be traded from Philly. He's trying to make it pretty ugly that this is, this is the, you know, this is the playbook he has gone to time and again to get where he wants to go. The problem here is what you just said, though. There isn't a team sitting there that really wants him or is really willing to pay to get him. Now this is sort of like the Damian Lillard situation. I keep saying the thing no one's really talked about with that is there's only one team that really wants Damian Lillard, right? That's the Miami Heat. Now, you could argue there are, there are lots of teams that would take Damian Lillard, but there's a difference between, oh, I'll take this guy for the price that I'm willing to pay or a discount, or I'm really going to pay to get this guy, and I really want this guy, right? In the Dame situation, there's only really one team, which is Miami, which Portland doesn't really want what well, Miami has. And so now we're in this stalemate there. And in this situation, there's not really any team that is willing to pay a price that, you know, Darren Morris publicly said he's either going to trade James Harden for another star level player or trade James Harden for a package of stuff. That's good enough to get him another star level player. And, those Neither of those things are available from any team in the league. So that's why James Harden is still in Philly, and that's why he's trying to go back to this playbook he's gone to before. And we'll see where it goes from here, but certainly this is an escalation of the situation. And, you know, we've got a long time between now and the start of training camp, but, you know, certainly – this is James making his opinion very well known. And, you know, I know he was in China, but I'm sure he knew the second he said that stuff, it would be everywhere, which it quickly was. And we'll see what happens now.
1: He's Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. I'm Emmett Golden alongside Chris Canty. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Tim, it, I always thought that Harden and Maury had a great relationship. How surprising is it that it seemed to deteriorate in an instant?
3: I would say it's not surprising only because of how the situation has played out. Right. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, if this had come out of the blue and there was no trade request before that might've been surprising, but it's quite clear that James is unhappy with the way this whole thing is. It, It has been quite clear that James has been unhappy with how this whole situation has played out. And, you know, this is just the next step in sort of telling the world that. So, yeah, I I mean, if you told me two years ago you'd be saying this, I'd have been surprised, but based off how this summer has played out, it's not surprising at all.
4: Tim, I I know you said that training camp is a long ways off, but but based on where we're at right now, would you be surprised if Harden pulled a no-show when it comes to showing up at training camp?
3: Oh, I, I learned a long time ago not to be surprised about anything in the NBA. I mean, that's where, that's why, that's why the NBA is such an interesting league, right? I mean, there's there's just, there's drama and intrigue and stuff happening all the time, all across the league. And, you know, I, I certainly think when it comes to James Harden, as we saw today, I I wouldn't rule anything out um, because he has shown a propensity to, um, to be willing to make things ugly, to get, what he wants. Now, again, the other thing I will say, and I've been saying for a couple months or a couple, several weeks now, since this, all this stuff happened in late June is I don't think, I think James Harden's best path to getting paid next summer is to show up and play well for the Sixers. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to be willing to do that, but I think that would be his best way to put himself in position to get a big paycheck next summer. Uh, So we'll see if cooler heads prevail between now and the start of camp. But certainly right now, you know, no, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't show up, but it's also August 14th and we've got, you know, 48 days or so till the start of camp. That's a long time for a lot of stuff to happen, especially in the NBA. So, um, you know, it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens. And I already know where I'm going to be on Media Day, which is in Camden, <laughs> New Jersey at Sixers Media Day. So my travel plans are set. That's easy.
4: <laughs> Tim, I'm curious about the Embiid of it all. Just knowing the relationship that he has with Harden and knowing how important Harden is to this team's chances of being able to push through that second round ceiling and get to an Eastern Conference Finals. How important is it for the Sixers to mend fences with Harden in order to keep Embiid happy?
3: Well, I don't think I think it's important because their best chance to be a championship level team is for James Harden to be on the team and engaged. Right. I, I think it's less about the relationship those guys have and more about, you know, they want to win games and they want to be a championship caliber team. And as I said before, that right now, the only path to them doing that is with James Harden playing and playing well on their team. Any other path that seems available at the moment is not going to have them in that kind of stratosphere. And so if I'm the Sixers, that's why I need to try to get Harden back on side Um, And it's why it's going to be very interesting to see if they can, because if they can't, then, you know, who knows where this thing goes from there. But, you know, if they end up trading him for something less than the kind of package Daryl talked about, or he doesn't play, or he does play and he's not nearly as good as he was last year, all of those scenarios, Equal Philly not being nearly as good as they were last year, which was a team that was good enough to win the title. And if they're not, then that opens up questions about where they're going from here. Sets them up for a big summer next summer when they've clearly marked out trying to have a ton of cap space to make moves and trades here, the trade market. And it's going to put a big spotlight on Joel Embiid's future. And, you know, that that's going to be the question looming over, this entire er season, I think, if it goes sideways, is what what does Joel think and what is Joel going to do? And, you know, we'll see what happens. But certainly, um, to your point, for as much talk as there is about James Harden right now, the reason it matters is because of the impact it potentially has on Joel Embiid.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He's Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. You can hear Tim with Brian Winhurst and Tim McMahon on the Hoop Collective podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And some tells me the next episode is going to be a pretty good one with this James Harden news. Tim, we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm Emmett Golden, alongside Chris Canty. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, and we want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. If you have an NBA team that you root for, do you want James Harden on your team? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do you want James Harden to play in your town? This is Greeny on ESPN Radio.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. The Sixers have ended trade talks on James Harden. When you think of it, there was only one team that had some type of interest
0: in James, and the Clippers really weren't trying to give up a lot. Unfortunately, there was no market for James Harden.
1: I'm from Cleveland, man. It's just in my DNA. I root for every Cleveland team. I I feel like it's something in the water. When you're born here, you're automatically a Cavs fan, a Browns fan, a Guardians fan. So the Cavs are my team. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't want James Harden on the Cavaliers for anything. Even if they wanted to just give him to the Cavaliers. I'm cool. And I definitely wouldn't give up uh, Darius Garland or an Evan Mobley or anything like that. I know the Cavs kind of underperformed in the playoffs last year, but I don't think Harden would turn them from where they are now into a championship contender at all.
4: No, hell no. I mean, the Cavs are headed in the right direction. They were a top four or five team in the East last year. Yeah. So why why would I want to disrupt the chemistry that, that I'm building with that young core for, I'm sorry, James Harden? Right. Nah, bro. You got to miss <laughs> me all the way with that. But that's <laughs> the problem with James Harden, and we've talked about it. Like, teams on both ends of the spectrum are saying, nah, I'm cool, especially when it comes to the kind of money and the years that you're looking for on a long-term contract. I just can't do it, not for the player that you are now. Maybe two or three years ago, teams would jump through hoops, but it's clear that that's not where the NBA world is today.
1: 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's go to Virginia and talk to Doc. Doc, would you want James Harden on your NBA team?
0: To answer that, simply no. And to give you a reason why, I'm a big Allen Iverson fan, someone who didn't get much help throughout his career. So to watch James Harden be spoiled from the beginning all the way up until now, he's played with plenty Hall of Famers and did nothing with it. I think he should retire for real.
1: Hey, we appreciate the call. That's a strong one. Said he should retire. Hey, I'm a believer in if every day is a sunny day, then what's a sunny day, right? <laughs> like, if you're playing with Hall of Famers all the time, I guess you get jaded and you start to look around and go, yeah, they're the reason I'm not, per- I'm not winning, right? It's not me, it's them.
4: Well, this is not about winning though, right? I mean, think about it. If you're talking about situations right. where he could contend for a title, I mean, he'd be hard pressed to find a team that's, presents a better alternative than what Philly is bringing to the party. Like mm-hmm. the Sixers were what? A, a fourth quarter collapse away from going to the conference finals? Yeah. And who's to say what that series against Miami would have looked like had they been able to get there? So I just – I look at it from from this perspective. When you have an MVP in Embiid and you have a, a coach that has championship pedigree now when you're talking about Nick Nurse and you have Tyrese Maxey, a young up-and-coming player – that, that has perennial all star promise. Wh- why would you want to get away from that situation? The short answer is money. Mm-hmm. This is all right. about getting your bag. And for a guy that's made as much as James Harden has made hundreds of millions of dollars, I, I just, I don't understand why that is enough of an, a, a motivation or enough of an impetus to, to shoot your way out of town for the third time
1: over the last four seasons. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, you're a Lakers fan. Is that correct? I am a Lakers fan. All right, would you want James Harden on the Lakers? Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. And here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing.
4: James Harden is exactly what the Lakers probably need. A guy that, you know, doesn't need to be the star every single night. But a guy that can step up and make big shots, a guy that can take on point guard responsibilities when Bron is not on the court or if he's out of the lineup due to injury, that's exactly what the Lakers would be looking for. But I just don't trust James Harden to be the best version of himself when you need him to. I just don't trust it, which is why I don't want him anywhere near my team.
1: He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're asking you, do you want James Harden on your team? 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's go to South Carolina and talk to Sean. Sean, do you want Harden on your squad? Absolutely.
0: Why? Absolutely. Harden, Harden is one of the best passers in the NBA, and he's averaged at least eight assists over the last, I don't know, decade. Um. He's one of the best one-two punches you can you could possibly ask for. And I think this nonsense of Harden just demanding trades out of everywhere, and plus the, I think previous caller was talking about how he's played with a bunch of Hall of Famers. Um, that includes a list of Russell Westbrook and Chris Ball during his prime of Houston, uh, only running into the likes of Golden State and Los Angeles Lakers. During yeah, his prime he, years he of play- Golden State and –
1: LeBron's, LeBron's year. Yeah, we appreciate the, ball, the call. We, we appreciate it. Go ahead, Chris.
4: No, I was just going to say he played with Russell Westbrook in OKC2. Like, I mean, like yeah, like, right. like, like James, Hard- James Harden, is. I mean, he played with Kevin Durant. He's played with mm-hmm. Joel Embiid. Like, he's, he's had a lot of good running mates. And I would say in this situation with Philly, he's got a guy that is arguably the most dominant at his position in Joel Embiid. I mean, it's Embiid, Jokic, and everybody else when it comes to center. So I, right. just, I, I don't understand why you're in such a hurry to get out of that situation because it seems like it's set up for you to have high-level success. And if at this point, after you've made over three hundred million dollars just on bas, just on your 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 NBA contracts, this is not the Adidas contract. This is not all the other uh, you know potential endorsements that you have. Just off of basketball contracts, you've made over three hundred million dollars for the sole motivation at this stage of your career to be financial. I, I don't know, man. It's just if I'm a team that's looking to get over that hump, this is not the guy that I'm looking to bring in. Just because of the sports character of the individual, what he's displayed over the last two stops, what I saw at the end in Houston, what I saw at the end in Brooklyn, what I'm now seeing in Philadelphia, am I in a hurry? And if I'm a title contender to bring that into my locker room, into my organization, hell no, I'm just not.
1: Eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Shatown and talk to Jarvis. Jarvis, do you want Harden on your squad?
0: Absolutely not. James Harden, to me, used to be a great player. Now he's just a slightly above average player. James Harden, uh, see, the thing about sports is all the time is undefeated. And you, I had a caller earlier say that it's about analyzing. It's not just about analyzing. It's also about evolving. James Harden has not evolved. He doesn't realize that he's not the same James Harden. Plus, a lot of people talk a lot of mess about Kyrie Irving being a team killer and a locker room cancer. And he very well may be that. He is. Not enough people talk about James Harden being the same person. I believe James Harden is a real team killer and a real locker room cancer. Can yeah. just mentioned earlier? First time, I, I'm sorry. Let me just say, first of all, thank you for taking the call. I listen to you guys all the time, big fan, always listen to ESPN. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't say that to start off, but I just wanted to get right at this point. Mm -hmm. James Harden, to me, has passed his prime, and he refuses to look in the mirror and understand he's passed his prime. And now he's set off now to scorch the earth as far as the NBA goes, as far as everyone not believing he is who he still believes he is.
1: Yeah, Jarvis. Good stuff. I, I believe Myron Metcalf said it this morning. Uh, James Harden lives in a house without mirrors. You know that he, he can't see himself. Right? He doesn't exactly. He's not conscious of what and the role that he has played in all of this.
4: Yeah, he's got to have some kind of self awareness in all of it. And here's the thing: it's not as if James Harden doesn't have value. He does. It's just that the 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 value that he brings is is changing. Right? Mm -hmm. As he ages, as he gets further removed from his athletic prime, there are things that he brings to the table. There are intangibles that could benefit an organization. Like, he can help be a part of the solution when it comes to chemistry. He can help when it comes to the team's overall basketball acumen. He can help when it comes to setting other guys up to be successful. But that all hinges on him having the right attitude when he comes through the door for training camp. And based on the comments that we got, from him in China during this uh, promotional tour, that ain't what we should expect from James Harden. So to me, what he's doing, his comments, is only going to put him further away from what he's truly after, which is getting his money and his years on a long-term contract.
1: He's Chris Canty. I'm in McGolden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, and we want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do you want James Harden on your squad? Coming up next, from the most dysfunctional Philly team to the least, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. The Sixers have ended trade
3: talks on James Harden and plan to bring him back to training camp for the start of the season.
1: When you think of
0: it, there was only one team that had some type of interest in James, talking about the Clippers. And the Clippers really weren't trying to give up a lot of assets for James. He and Joel Embiid don't quite fit together. You know, he has the utmost respect for Joel, but unfortunately, right, there was no market for James Harden. There was no one willing to step up and make those moves.
1: Do you want James Harden on your squad? This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Emmett Golden. Alongside Chris Canty, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. James Harden was over in China and says that he will not, under any circumstances, Play for a team that Daryl Morey is a part of. Well, Daryl right now is a part of the 76ers. So it sounds like uh, Harden will not be back in Philly. So we're asking you, do you want James Harden on your squad? 888 say 888 729 Let's go to Jersey and talk to Joe. Joe, do you want Harden on the Knicks?
3: What's up, guys? I tell you I do, and I'll tell you why. Canty, for all the reasons that you say – He's definitely what the Lakers need. There's a, there's a there's a bunch of teams who have that same need, and although I find him to be obviously a malcontent often, and I don't really hear people saying he's a poison in the locker room, but at the end of the day, he can still shoot the three, and just if if as far as your options are concerned, do you want Harden in your starting lineup instead of the number two guard right now on the Knicks? Do you which want is
4: Quint- Harden versus Quentin Grimes? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Harden, you- Harden. on its face, it, it looks better on paper, but I, I, I just don't see the fit when it comes to how the Knicks play and with Tom Thibodeau. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see James Harden being a Tibbs guy, and Tibbs wants all of his guys to pay defense. Like, what, what kind of defensive backcourt are you gonna have with James Harden and Jalen Brunson? I, I just, I don't see the Knicks going in that direction. I think they saved their draft picks for another Sixer in a year or two, depending on what this season looks like, if Joel Embiid eventually wants out of Philadelphia, that's who the Knicks go after. I don't think the Knicks are going after James Harden.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to go after him uh, either. 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's go to Georgia and talk to Jim. Jim, do you want Harden on your squad?
2: No, I don't. I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan. I want him to be as disgruntled in Philadelphia as possible. So that's the final straw for Joe Embiid to be
1: disgruntled, <laughs> and then he like comes it. down to Memphis. Hey, I like that, Jim. A little psychological warfare there. He's like, no, keep James around so that Harden. Get- I mean, yeah, so that Embiid gets fed up and leave." And Chris, that is something that they need to really focus on because if Embiid leaves, you're back in the lottery. You're starting all over.
4: Well, that's why Daryl Morey is adamant that the package coming back for Harden would have to be one that allows the Sixers to continue to contend in the Eastern Conference, right? I mean, when you think about the teams they're going to have to get through, the Milwaukees of the world, the Miami Heat, um, those are teams – I mean, I know this this sounds crazy, but the New York Knicks is also one of them. Like, like Mm -hmm. when you start talking about the the Boston Celtics, like the Eastern Conference powers, like, if you're Daryl Morey, you got to have another guy that on any given night – is capable of willing you to a win. And right now it's Embiid and 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 it's Embiid, it's Harden and you're hoping Tyrese Maxey comes around, but if you move Harden, then what do you really have to hang your hat on in terms of another star that can take pressure off of Embiid? You just don't have it. So that's why the Sixers are in a very precarious situation and it's it's fascinating to watch the deterioration of the relationship from a personal and professional standpoint between Daryl Morey
1: and James Harden. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN radio. And we're asking you with James Harden saying that he's not going to play for the 76ers again. Do you want James on your team? 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's go to Missouri and talk to Arlington. Arlington, do you want James Harden on your squad?
2: Thank you for taking my call. we appreciate that. Very kind of you. Absolutely not. As a, former high school coach, first and foremost for all players is the ability to <clears throat> and the desire to be a team member, not a star, not an individual. That's the most important aspect of any sports player. I don't care what the sport may be. You have to be able to be part of a team. And James Harden simply is not that. Uh, the last two or three years of his performance have been fairly abysmal. It reminds me of a, of a, of a young child just not getting his candy, you know, <laughs> it really does the way he it's been. I mean, just the way it looks to me. I'm, I'm, you guys know what's going on. I don't. I'm very. I'm a musician. You know, an old man. I play music. But uh, I'll tell you, it, it bothers me that that the organization in Philadelphia has to deal with a person like this. Number one, and that Joel Embiid, who is an incredible athlete, and the rest of the players on that team have to deal with him too. I would have uh, said, you know, Ostrovita Senior, take your take your bicycle and head on out to Philadelphia and have a good trip while you're going. Be sure and. You know, get out, get out of the ceiling as fast as you can because that man's dangerous, and I, I don't think he's a very good player at all. I really don't. All right, Ellington, we we appreciate that a
1: little bit. I don't know if James is dangerous, right? Like he may not be. Good for your squad, on the but I don't, you know, I'm I don't think the locker room has to, you know, worry about James beating anybody up or anything like that. I no, I don't, think, I don't think you got,
4: I don't think you got to worry about that. But Allington was hitting the right notes. He said he was a musician. I mean, he's he's not wrong yeah. about James Harden in in terms of their being concerned about bringing him into your franchise because you realize that the player's motivation. Is, is not to not to win. Like right now, right. it's not about trying to position yourself to win a championship. For James Harden, it's about trying to position yourself to get paid. I, I just, it seems like the answer to both of those would be staying in Philly. Like any rational mm-hmm. person will tell you, it seems like the, the most obvious path for James Harden to win a title and the most obvious path for James Harden to get his money are both the Philadelphia 76ers why would you want to leave that situation? Like, that's the part that doesn't like the math ain't mathing with that one, EG. So Uh, like that's what would give me trepidation about bringing him in to my, my, my franchise is because I I don't know what this guy is going to be capable of. And after seeing it go bad in Houston, seeing it go bad in Brooklyn, and now seeing it go bad in Philly, do I want to take that chance if my team is already close to competing for a title?
1: Yeah. I, so I'm, just cl- transparency. I've been broke most of my life, just recently started making a couple dollars, right? Yeah. I can't, I just can't fathom making 300 plus million in your career and being like, dag, I need more money. You know, like, I get it. You want cash rules, everything around me. I'm not tripping. Sure. But, but once you've made 300 plus million, like, you're not going to play for free. So you're still going to get more money. I just can't imagine how especially not having a championship up to this point, how getting more cash can supersede winning a championship when you've made over $300 Well, Well,
4: here's the other thing, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up. There's rules that come along with making paper, Mm -hmm. especially in the realm of professional sports. And one of the things that I was always taught by the OGs when I came into the NFL was make sure that you're good for business. Right now, James Harden ain't good for business. He's just not. Like, he wasn't good for business in the Eastern Conference semis when he was a no-show five out of the seven games they played against the Celtics. He's not good for business this offseason because he's being a malcontent, and he might not be good for business going into 2023-2024 because you're not going to get the consistency that you need in order to keep your MVP, Joel Embiid, happy. So right now, James Harden all the way around is bad for business. Being bad for business doesn't get you your money. You're no longer in the heart of your prime. You're no longer an MVP. You're a 20-10 and guy, which is good, but not great. And in today's NBA, if you're not one of those guys that can move the needle in terms of putting a team significantly closer to an NBA title, then you're not going to be able to dictate the terms of engagement. And that is the situation that James Harden is in now, and that's the situation that he fails to recognize.
1: He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, and you can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. Hey, let's go do
3: our job, man.
1: NFL Nation 2 days
3: Time
1: is here! On ESPN Radio.
3: The Philadelphia Eagles.
2: 58! Go!
3: I'm Tim McManus covering the Eagles, and the big question facing this squad is whether they can become the first NFC team since the 1974 Minnesota Vikings to lose the Super Bowl and then return to the game the following season. A lot of things going for this team, including an ascending quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Coach Nick Seriani told me that he's seen another jump in Hurts' game this offseason, but they lost five defensive starters as well as their offensive and defensive coordinators, and they faced one of the toughest schedules in the entire NFL. The degree of difficulty has risen for this team. Let's see if they're up for the challenge. Down to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio.
1: Chris, I, we just heard it right there. I get it. You lose in the Super Bowl, you don't typically get back. But with the strength, or I guess I should say lack thereof, uh, strength of the NFC, I love the Eagles to get back to the Super Bowl this season.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the, the biggest challenge for the Eagles this year has nothing to do with the roster. It's just being able to overcome the losses that they had with their coordinators, losing Shane Steichen to the Indianapolis Colts and losing uh, Jonathan Gannon to the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll see what ends up happening and how Nick Sirianni gets those guys to adjust to, uh, to having new coordinators. Now you're talking about in-house promotions because it's Brian Johnson and Sean Desai respectively on each side of the ball, but To me, the biggest question is how can they, from a play calling standpoint, overcome the losses of both coordinators? Now, there's also an issue of what happens with that young secondary, not Darius Slay and James Bradbury, but I'm talking about the safeties, Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, Sidney Brown, Keely Ringo. What happens to that group of guys? And can they settle in on a safety tandem or a trio um, at the safety position that allows them to still compete at a high level when it comes to their defense? Remember, a lot of focus for the Eagles was on the offensive side of the ball. You're yeah. talking about a team that's returning a top three defense in the National Football League from a season ago as far as total defense is concerned. So. That's the part that I'm, I'm curious to see how they adjust to all of that on the defensive side of the ball. A little bit of newness with the play calling, but also a little bit of newness when it comes to some of the signal callers in the back end of that unit.
1: And the focus you know, typically does go to the offense and especially the quarterback. And Jalen Hurts I thought was a top five quarterback last year, and I think he can get better. He's improved every year. Go back to college. Even after he got benched at halftime in front of the world, he just keeps working and keeps improving. I was super impressed when he turned the ball over in the Super Bowl and, you know, Chiefs score. What does he do? He goes right down the field and answer it. To me, that tells you you have a top-flight quarterback. Uh, When it comes to the NFC, which team do you think could give them the most problems when it comes to repeating as NFC champions?
4: Well, everybody's going to point to the San Francisco 49ers, and for good reason, but just a little bit of a curveball, I think there's a team in their own division that can give them a little bit of trouble, and that's the Washington Commanders. Remember, Going back to last season, the Washington Commanders were the ones that came in there and broke up that undefeated regular season nonsense. They smacked the Philadelphia Eagles pretty good in the lake, and that's not something that we're used to saying or seeing from that Philadelphia Eagles team, but that happened. And the reason why was because from a physicality standpoint, the Commanders could match that level of intensity, and I think they have enough playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that if the quarterback doesn't get in the way – that that team could be could be really in position to be the biggest challenger for the Eagles in the NFC East. And I know what I'm saying because we're talking about the Cowboys and the Giants too, teams that were in the postseason last year. I think the commanders have the potential to pose the biggest threat to the Eagles, not in just terms of winning the NFC East, but in terms of being the number one seed in the NFC overall. I think the Washington commanders
1: are one of those under-the-radar teams that can make a little bit of noise this season. The only reason I disagree with that is they had players that went to Ryan Rivera and was like, Eric Enemy is coaching us too hard. <laughs> that I was like, yeah, that's it for the commanders. I don't, I don't believe in them. When you are like this guy who has won Super Bowls and has got the best out of Pat Mahomes, that's too much for you. Uh, I don't necessarily believe in them. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. Keep it right here on ESPN radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio, or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.